I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, this is Eric Ramirez, Senior Editor at Billboard. And with me today, I again have... Jeff and Eric Rosenthal, it's the real. This is my Hi, first Erica. time on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's definitely not. Um, and my coworker, Jason Lipschitz. Hey there. You almost said my never, name. Never, never. I actually <laughs> think I am doing. I thought it on you were going now. to. That's why I was like, "Hey." <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh well, that's okay. New year, new pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Except I've been doing it forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, three years at working on Billboard. I've never said Jason's last name right. You almost been here four years. Four years in April. Almost congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) That's, hey, that's a presidential term. (laughs) Thanks. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, There was hope and change. I know. I don't know. Okay. So, this, for this episode of the Juice Podcast, we're going to talk about the Grammys, seeing that they are happening on Sunday this weekend. I kind of just want to get your guys' thoughts on who you think will win and if that's different than who you think, who you want to win um i can tell you right now who i want to win <laughs> very different from who will win with every category we're gonna focus on the rap categories just I'm because just of time the, the grammys categories. as yeah. a blanket statement i could let you i'll i'll list them so i mean well let's start out with probably the most controversial uh category which is the best rap album and so the nominees are iggy azalea's the new classic childish gambino's because the internet commons nobody smiling Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP2, Schoolboy Q's Oxymoron, and Wiz Khalifa's Black Hollywood. Oh my goodness. Jason, gracious. why why did you well, just Well Jason is having a really very... hard time picking between six favorites. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What a what a tough choice. Um, um Yeah, what man. do you guys think of who think, will and who you want to? I think to the win? winner is My Crazy Life by YG. I think that's Aww. gonna win. It is. Oh Jason, but you surprise are... it's not nominated. Yeah, Wait, but Jason's going to the Grammy Awards, right? I am going to the Grammy Awards. Is it possible that you will be outside picketing with with all of the little kids <laughs> for YG's album. Yeah, I that'd be so funny. That'd be amazing. And just like like my bosses are like, Jason, why aren't you on the red carpet? And me being like, Have you heard my crazy <laughs> life? Come on. Um, oh, YG would be so happy. He would be. If someone I, from Billboard was out there. You'd also be like three feet taller than like all of those picketers. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> true too. Um, in terms of who I want to win. I mean, I guess Schoolboy Q. Well, okay, you don't sound very no, I mean, sure that's about like, that. I, I like that album. I don't love that album. I, I like it. It's it's It has some really good songs on it. Um, <laughs> I don't really like any of the other ones, I guess. Damn. Wow. What a surprise. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, guys. What do, what do you guys think? Well, Jeff. just 
can we just I just want to jump in for just a second and say that because I'm, I'm curious to hear what Jeff thinks, because <laughs> on my birthday every year in uh, early December, uh, when we go to dinner with our friends uh, from home, we make a bet hmm. for all of these categories, plus some random ones in case there's a tie. Like the bluegrass category. No, we well, do no. An improvisational <laughs> jazz or something. Yeah, improvisational oh, jazz. Yeah, solo. Spoken word. Um, and uh, and so I do have all of them for the record. So I'm curious as to like whether Jeff changes. Yeah, what his did pick I say for best rap album? Yeah, uh, what you who you expected to win? Yeah, because that's different than who I want to win. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, Jeff chose uh, Eminem, and I chose Iggy. As to who you guys think uh, are yeah. going to win? Correct. I think, I think Iggy's going to win. Actually, I should. Change you changed it. your mind? Well, you can't change. I it know. On I here. wish I could change it, but <laughs> I think Iggy's going to win. I think that. Um, I think that like easy money is on Iggy. I think that um, the best option right now is I wish that Schoolboy Q would win I, of those of those choices. See, I chose Eminem because I think that uh, the way that the Grammy voters go right now is they're like, oh, like technical guy, and he's a name that I know. Yeah, mm. over the pop sort of right. element. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. agree. Yeah, I see that also winning Eminem's album. Um, I think people think that Iggy is going to win, but I think that's more as far as cont- controversy. Like that would make a good story, yeah. but I would definitely see Eminem winning for the same reasons that you said. I mean, I I think Iggy might be a big winner overall at the awards. Like she may like come out with like you know good numbers, right? But as far as rap, I think I think people are like real traditional in that sense. But you chose Iggy uh, two months ago, right? Um, I chose Eminem. Yes. Yeah. So you, we flip flopped. Yes, we did. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the Rosenthal's can never be see. That's down. a that's a controversy. <laughs> what I will say is that this is the only rap uh, category in which Iggy's nominated. I believe I'm looking at the other yeah. ones. I wrote down all the rap ones. Is she best ones, new artist she's, also? She's best new she's artist. Best new so artist. she has and uh, she Fancy's also nominated for record of the year. But right. in terms of the rap categories, like rap song, rap sung collaboration, and rap performance, she is not nominated at all. Wow. I will shut out of the major <laughs> rap categories. Do you guys think that if Iggy wins, it will be as much of a reaction or like outrage as there was last year when Macklemore won and yes. Kendrick didn't? Yeah, I think that mostly because she's a woman. Yeah, it's something new for people to complain about. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why would people complain about that though? It's not like it's not like they would overtly be like, "Oh, she's a woman who's rapping." Like, right. forget that. It's more like she's rapping. And in the back of their minds, it's like, she's an easy target. And so people will be like, why is this girl who doesn't even have, like, the political leanings of Macklemore, like, why is she? Yeah, I think it's more like, we've gone through white males winning. Now we're going to have a white female. Right. It's just something for people to talk about. I think it's just a very easy target. I would just say it makes Macklemore a lot better in my eyes. He is all at us. Like, I look back and I'm like, you know what? Macklemore's not that bad. Do also, Macklemore has like his singles were very popish, but mm-hmm. his album wasn't. And I think that's yeah. very different than Iggy Azalea. She right. literally has like a pop rap album. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Macklemore seems so much better. In my I'm eyes. not. I still don't like Macklemore's music, just no. for the record. But I think the best thing that they ever could have done and did do is just like remove himself and go like you know get married into his or get engaged. Not even yeah. that. Just like no one heard from him for the last like But then when oh, he Oh, I did, think that's the worst thing he could have done. What? Why do you think that's the best thing he could have well, done? Well, because here's here's and I'm going to answer this for you, Eric. I <laughs> think that Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> when he the one time he did pop up was when he went on Hot 97 and he had that conversation about race 
And yeah. it that was showed good. him to be such a sympathetic person being like, oh, he's on the right side of things. The, yeah. right. the only other time he showed up actually was uh, for the protest marches throughout yes. Seattle. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, two good moments for him. I think it's the best because he was such like he and he he said in that Hot 97 interview that he made a mistake in sen- in uh, in saying that text. Like how he phrased that text to Kendrick and then posting it on his Instagram. Right. I think like the posting move. it was like the worst part. Yeah. What was his reasoning behind thinking it's a mistake? Um, doing that? Like I, why did he think that oh, was wrong? Because it wasn't his uh I, I, I think he wanted I th- I think he felt like he was shining the the choice on Kendrick mm-hmm. even no, more. It right. was that he felt like um it it came off like he wasn't being competitive. That's why he felt like he shouldn't have sent the text in the first place. But why he shouldn't have posted it was because he felt like he broke Kendrick's trust. I shouldn't have won. Like, right. totally, like, buying so, into, like, he comes off like a, a wimp. What? Right. No, I'm, I'm curious as to Darn why Jason thinks it. that maybe it was a bad move. to. Yeah, I think that it's it, it was a really bad move for him. And this is kind of, we're going away from the Grammys a little bit. I feel like it's, it's okay. kind of, I, I feel like it's been a bad move for, for him to... Um, kind of go away and take basically take 2014 off. And I know he has a new single coming probably like early summer, but like I think the problem is that he just doesn't really have any momentum now. Like I'll, I, I always, I always bring, I always bring up this conversation. Um, last year, right around Grammy times, uh, Grammys time, uh, we were doing like who will win each award, who should win each award. And for the best new artist, I said who should win is pro- like just based on like who will have the the best career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said Ed Sheeran. I was like, well, I think Ed Sheeran's just gonna have he's gonna be a big name for a, an extended period of time. And a coworker slash boss of mine, who I will not name, it was not <laughs> Erica, um, was like, no, Macklemore should win. He's gonna be around longer. And I was like. I don't know if that's true. Like, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis had a huge 2013, and that might be it. Like, if Macklemore's ne- like, next single doesn't do that well, I mean, he will he has a big fan base now, but, like, if his, if his next single just doesn't really do that well, he's not – like, I just don't think Macklemore's going to be a thing for, like, if that happens. I think the, there's a lot of pressure, and this, go- this goes back to me saying it, it was a bad move for him to go into his little bunker because if he had spent 2014 collecting, you know, guest verses and collaborations and kind of appearing like at the forefront of the, of hip hop and just, it just getting his name out there more and more and more, not getting his name out, but just staying relevant. I think that would ease the pressure off of his next single and his yeah. next project a little bit. I like, I think of it almost like two chains, like two chains, his second album, did, uh, Boats 2, didn't do as well as his first album. It is like, you know, he didn't have as big of a single. But, like, because the gap between those two albums, he just kept collaborating with people. Like, no one really thought of that album as, like, a flop. They were like, oh, yeah, 2 chains. Like, the, you know, he's still going to be there. And it's it's kind of comparing apples to oranges. But I... That, I I don't know. I don't. I just don't know if Macklemore is still going to be like a big name if this next single, this next album, doesn't do that well. I was ready to disagree with you, um, <laughs> but then I thought you made like a lot of good points. Um, but I felt like the the one real counterpoint to your argument, I guess, would be J Cole, who 
um, basically takes a long time off and then comes back That's with true. a project that is. And but but then to your point, like someone like Kendrick puts out this single "I" after yeah. taking a year off, basically, and it's just as divisive as yeah. you would hope it wouldn't be. Okay, not. I'll I'll take a different standpoint um, where I won't compare him to anyone because I, I I don't think there's a good comparison. Like when you were talking, I was like, oh, well, Kanye took a long time off after the, the Taylor thing. And it's better because he did did take that because there was equal hate, you know, certainly, I think, you know, for Kanye, the Taylor situation and hate for for um, Macklemore and, and the whole thing. But I, I'm not even sure that that's a fair comparison. I would say that. Macklemore is someone, and again, I'm, I don't even like his music, so this is just, I think he's someone who's successful because he kept to him, like, he kept to his vision. It, he didn't make pop records. He didn't go, it, pop came to him. Like, he, he's somebody who was underground and, like, and and happy just making records that, that were for him, and he wasn't on anyone's schedule. He wasn't on anyone's, like, dime, really. It was just his own, and I think, like, he became famous sort of, like, just naturally and almost by accident and now there's i think any expectations are not his i think he's just a happy person to make the kind of music that he's yeah. gonna make and you sound like a really big macklemore fan yeah huge macklemore i guess fan. i guess win again guys? so you <laughs> like him as a person no well, or as an artist like as an individual nice guy, but yeah. not nice guy. you're not such a fan of his actual music no, I'm, I'm not even a fan look I, eric wants him to win the 2015 grammys <laughs> that's new artist again i repeat i i i'm not a fan of him as an artist um i've i've met him only once in person and uh i, I had a feeling that he didn't like what we were doing what we were doing yeah um Aww. but but that well, regardless, was mostly making fun of him on twitter so. but regardless <laughs> but regardless um that is true yeah anyway I mean, I guess then we'll move on from this. But I, I guess my my point is that like if if you were say if you were like Jason, do you like a hundred percent believe that Macklemore will like this time next year, like Macklemore will still be a huge star? Like I wouldn't make that bet. Like I just it's just hard to say because especially because if you think about how huge his singles were, the the biggest parts of those singles weren't Macklemore. Like they were the choruses delivered by other people mm-hmm. like i i just don't like i don't know like i don't know so anyway well let's just ask a grammy question i suppose when when they say best new artist is that like the best person for that year specifically or is it something with long i think it's supposed to be sight. the long it's a little long term yeah. Like. yeah i think it's both i mean it has to be both it has to be also of that year because you know mm-hmm. it's a yearly thing but also right. I think they also consider in the long run. Yeah, I think the Grammys Their pride themselves in saying like this artist is going to have a, a huge like this new artist is going to be a, a, a huge name. Like, right. Like you, you can't know. go anywhere without people talking about Esperanza Spalding. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, that that one was tough. Uh, but I mean, they you know they are happy to be like, oh, we said Adele was the best new artist mm-hmm. before she was a big name. So like, you know. Um, it's funny, yeah. Esperanza Spalding. That is really one of the weirdest ones ever. So for the best rap song, uh-huh. we have Nicki Minaj's Anaconda. Nope. Ka- okay. <laughs> Kanye West and Charlie Wilson's Bound Two. Kendrick Lamar's I. Wiz Khalifa's Weed and Boys and Drake's Zero to One Hundred. The Catch Up. So what do you guys think will want to win? Will slash want? I think they all want to win. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Um, uh, I now. Do you want to know what you said, Joe? Yeah, I want to you, know what you I said. You said Kendrick. 
Yeah. For best will win? Song? Yeah, I don't. I mean, like, it's not my favorite song. Jeff said Kendrick will win. It's probably my. How many are this there? Was in this is my fourth <laughs> favorite song on there. There is five songs nominated. Right. Um, but I like um, my favorite personal song would probably be Bound to or actually Zero to a Hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget what the third one was. We so well, there was. Oh well. Yeah, what that's if fine. We Dem Boys just won? <laughs> I mean, amazing. Like if the Grammy voters were like, "Yeah, we are Dem Boys." <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. Uh, Erica, what's your what's your choice? Uh, well, I both. I love both Kendrick and Drake singles. Mm-hmm. I think that Kendrick will probably win. Um, or I don't know. I mean, Anaconda is very addictive, and I feel like people grabbed onto it. Maybe at the more of the latter end of it, but I don't. I don't. I hope that. Um, I hope Kendrick wins, though. I really like I. I think, I think that is Kendrick a great wins single. because he is the establishment sort of like choice. Um, not, I mean, like, like Kanye would be if Kanye played by the rules. I think that Kendrick is like the guy who people hear about and they're like, oh, he's a smart rapper. Like, I like him because my kids like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the Drake song to win and I hope it wins. And I think it's awesome that he put out a song on SoundCloud and it's, you know, just a sort of like, for yeah, it's nominated also. for a Grammy. It's like a, it's pretty much two songs into one. Yeah. Also. Yep. What about you, Jace? Uh, I think Will win uh, Kendrick Lamar. I think, uh, and I love that song, so I'm going to say should win. Aww, I'm a big I fan. I don't really. You, but I, if I remember correctly, you weren't very sure of it at first. Uh-oh. No, I was, no it's, not, it's not that you didn't. I, I don't think you didn't. It's not that you didn't like I, it. You I were thought just... it was good when it came out, and now hmm. I think it's great. Okay. That's Sounds like a flip flopper. Mm. I'm not voting for John you. John Kerry, 04. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do think that the video made it a lot more. Amazing, just so seeing good. Kendrick. Put that song on at a party, like that song, uh, which I did on Saturday night, and I was very happy. I d- it was I went right <laughs> from lifestyle into I, and I was just like, yeah, this is a great night. I did want to talk about how or why there is a best R and B album and a best urban contemporary album. Like there's t- as if they don't want to category categorize an entire group R and B, which kind of upsets me. Like, why do we not want to consider Beyonce's? album or chris brown's x well what does it mean let me ask what does it mean the difference between best r&b performance and best traditional r&b performance those are two categories with like totally different songs i I feel like they place the quote-unquote adult r&b into r&b and if it's not adult r&b it's it can't be categorized as r&b which is really frustrating r and huckabee (laughs) wow (laughs) talk about it yeah (laughs) This is not talking so about it. Crazy! It's it's so like traditional R and B is what. So uh, well, it's for like example, for best R and B album, Motown? there's like Allo Black and Tony Braxton and Babyface, right. Robert Glasper, Sharon Jones. But in best urban album, Janae Aiko, Beyonce, Chris Brown, Molly Music, and Pharrell Williams. What do you guys think as far as those categories and having? different artists in different sections. I don't know. It, it doesn't does make if any sense to me. Well, I think it's... claim R&B. Well, no, I think that, like, you have to differentiate, like, the Beyonce's and Janae Aiko's from the Robert Glasper's or and whoever. You know I mean? Like, those. that's a very... That's two different types of music. But the thing is that once you get into, like, the language of genres and everything is sort of multi-genre or, like, you know... Like all everything sort of like ceases to exist, and so you're just putting up boundaries wherever you feel like they can be, I guess. 
Yeah, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's all you're but it, say but about it does this. make it's sense. Like it, it does make I, sense, I but it doesn't make sense. Is I that think that if it's not your traditional R and B music, it doesn't fall under R and B. It falls under urban contemporary. I mean, which I guess makes sense when you see the artists, which are Pharrell, Pharrell's Girl, which is not really an R and B album. Chris Brown has some pop and dance to it, so I guess if it's not majority R and B. Then there's a new category. For also, that. I have a bigger issue with why things are considered urban, urban and not pop. Right. Yeah. Well, also, just the term urban is right. So, it's like, so gross. Yeah. It's just antiquated. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that, like, everything is so, like, weirdly regimented in terms of, like, stereotypes. and. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And, well, yeah. and faces. I mean, that's the. I, I I wrote a thing this week on like how to fix the Grammys, and th- one of the big cancel them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was the. That was actually the only step I had. Uh, no, it's just about redefining the categories. And then the big thing was that, and I, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. This was more. This is less of like a quick fix and more of like a cultural shift. Is like the Grammys have to do a better job of making album of the year and either record of the year, song of the year, one of the song categories, like the biggest one, like a thing that people actually care about because nobody cares about them now. Like, you know how people like actually care about who gets nominated for best picture and who wins best picture. Like that can happen with the Grammys if they, if they do it the right way, if they, why do you think people don't care about that? I just don't think people, I don't think people see the Grammys as like, an affirmation of tastes anymore. I think they see it as like this cool event with a lot of cool performances and like, Oh, my favorite artist won, but like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter who wins. Like it, nobody, I think the biggest telltale sign of that is that nobody remembers who won every year. Yeah. Here's, I I think actually a real easy quick fix is probably to cut back on the performances, like make it less of a a show. Didn't um, when Drake won his Grammy, Did, wasn't it like on the red carpet? It wasn't yeah. uh, during yeah. the like. That's also ridiculous. Yeah, like it's how crazy. are you gonna have Drake accept? They don't have any of the dance carpet. categories uh, during the show at all. Like none of them. And like people care about dance music. It's it. But yeah, I I think that's the main thing is that like leading up to the nominations, we should care more. Like oh, which five albums could get nominated? This well, year? but that's like, the like, thing. Like it's that there's too much music. There's too much music. Yeah, and. It doesn't lend itself to a three-hour television show, which then is already bursting at the seams. Like, you already are just like, this is so long. 
<laughs> well, I don't think it has to be longer. It's just like I just think they need to change how much people care about it. Like, you know, like I said, like with Best Picture, like that the the Oscars are kind of a slog every year in terms of how long they are, but people like tune in because they, they want to see like that. who wins like best act like if you actually think about it like we should care way more about like which what song wins like record of the year more than like best supporting actress like in at the oscars but people care way more about that it's just a cultural thing in the u.s i don't know it's just well i think the it's that, up of it i think yeah. it's that um there are so many categories yeah, <laughs> like and, and the true. oscars has less categories that you care about so it's like Best supporting on each side, best actor on each side, and the um, director and the uh, film, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like there has to be a way to fix like how we think about album of the year at the Grammys. Like, it's just weird to me. Like, do you guys remember what won album of the year two years ago? Arcade Fire. That was. Four years ago. That's <laughs> so a good clearly guess. all I, I remember, remember is Adele winning a Grammy. That's that was all I three years ago. Two years ago was Mumford and Sons with Babel. Uh, oh, I like that one. Like, and just no one knows that. And it's like <laughs> it's weird to me that no one knows that. Like, it's album of the year at the Grammys. This is the big music award, and just no one cares about yeah, it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, I have to switch it up and talk about the Dream real quick. Who came in with Tricky Stewart to play us? his two eps crown and jewel this album is for like the loyal dream and tricky fans of like circa love versus money hate like his first albums because there's very much like very rich production and the songs are some of them are more than six minutes and they flow into the next the transitions are as great as like fancy it's a the really a crown is that album and then Jewel is pretty much the album with all the hits that he could have gave to other pop stars. Like he kept those pop um, songs for himself, and yeah. that's what Jewel is made of. But uh, Jace, I wanted to ask you a little bit as to before we get into the interview sure. with Dream, what you what you guys kind of talked about. Yeah, I mean, we talked about why they are doing this project this way. If they they felt like it's a, a new beginning for them, he he talked about um, leaving Def Jam and starting over at Capitol. Tricky and the Dream are people that have always kind of been proud to be self-made right. and to kind of take the artistry into their own hands and just be like, I want to produce this song. I want to write this song. I want to take this song for myself. So it was interesting to hear him talk about his last album, Foreplay, um, which wasn't really critically acclaimed at all and was a change-up because it was so guest star heavy. Mm-hmm. And then Crown and Jewel has – I don't think any guest stars on it. I think I, I heard one song maybe with some backing vocals, um, but it was, it definitely wasn't like a big name. And so we talked about that. They're pumped. They're pumped. Well, Him and Tricky a... were like, you know, it was so fun. And I say this on, on in our chat, but like watching them listen to the music was so cool because like they just had like they were moving their hands <laughs> like they were just like playing air violins and drums. It was it was so cool. You know what's so cool about the dream? And I'm sure you guys, Jeff and Eric and Eric. Jason I, loves the dream. I do love the dream. <laughs> um, what's so awesome about the dream is that he's an artist who is like always cocky, but never in like an annoying way. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's but he's just like he's very he's very humble as well. But he's just like. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna dominate. Like that's it. like he's, he was on the plane, and and this girl was complaining about Justin Bieber's new music, and, and she was like, "I wish she would just go back to baby." And the dream wanted to be like, 
that that's me. Like I'm baby. <laughs> but he didn't. But he gives away his plaques to like neighbors that are obsessed with Bieber. Like, I know. By um, the way, isn't giving your plaques away to neighbors the definition of the American dream? Wow. Yeah, thank you. On that note, <laughs> we're going to close Eric, this episode of the Juice Podcast, Aww. but also um, we'll close with a big chunk of Jason's interview with the Dream and Tricky Stewart. Thank you guys for for stopping by to play some music for Billboard. Uh, Crown and Jewel, both so it's such it's such a welcome return for you guys. Like I, I'm so happy that you guys are back. Tricky Stewart, the Dream. Yeah, I'm happy I, mean, I pulled him out of record label. This is awesome. So, I, <laughs> not more than I am. <laughs> so you're both happy to be back. How quickly did this kind of reunion come together for you guys? I think uh, one day Dream, he sent me a tweet, and he was at the time he was over at Def Jam, and he just said he sent me a tweet. He said, "Hey." you going to let anybody get this next $20 million or are you ready to stop playing or something like that? And I was like, you know what? You left the N word out, but yeah, that's something to do. (laughs) So I said, you know what? You know, and I'm sitting there at that point, just like hating my life, like almost. And and I said, you know what? Let, and he said, I'm going on tour in Europe. When I get back in tour, but I think that was in July. Mm -hmm. And he's like, September, Let's really start to focus. And and when we got back together in September, it was like, it was sparks. Ooh, it was, yeah, it was it was Ooh, it was sparks hallelujah. flying like you hallelujah. know, went crazy. You know what I mean? Just like instant excitement. And because the interesting thing about us, nobody ever asked us to stop making hits. We just stopped making them. Our last record went to number two. <laughs> so it was a really just a matter of getting in there and sharpening the tool, you know, and just making sure that we had what we had because we're our own worst critics. Absolutely. I mean, did you guys have any, in terms of those early meetings when you guys linked back up, was there any kind of discussion about direction or like dream where you wanted to go or? No, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a discussion about direction. I mean, the direction was, I I feel like um, we just owe it to the universe most of the time to just do what's in the heart to do. So when we, when we do music, we're not thinking about how we're going to do it like yeah. it, you know umbrella was written just based off of how how we felt that day like it was we didn't go in was with it a, a rainy process. day was it <laughs> it wasn't wasn't raining i mean it was raining with bills and debt <laughs> yeah yeah it was. a different kind of rain <laughs> yeah it <Okay>. was <laughs> with bricks and rocks <laughs> bricks and rocks yeah it was raining all right but not literally um uh, but but yeah it was it was it was a nice day. It was, I remember we were converting one of the studios over, so it was like it was a mess in the studio. It was just a mess, and we was just trying it out. Like, hey man, let's try to see if, you know if everything's working up to par. I think you just had installed Logic. I can't I can't remember. Uh, yeah. And so he, he had this chord already. He was putting the drum loop, and I was like, all right, cool, stop it. And it was like after like three four minutes, and then I went in the booth and basically sang it down like and the song was then created in about 11 minutes or a little bit over 11 minutes and and that's how we're doing stuff now like i think last night i made two records in 10 minutes like it's just you just do what you're there in the mood to do and then you know those other records will catch up you know like if it's hopefully we'll have something for somebody who just does r&b or somebody who just wants a pop record or a rap record of course if if t if ti calls about a record if jeezy calls about a record the alarm goes off in my mind of what to write of course so it's not hard to find the inspiration 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, just watching you guys listen. My favorite part of listening to these songs was watching you guys listen to them <laughs> with me because you're both doing like the hand gestures and you're like both doing the drumming and like you guys are such pure musicians. And I mean, is this, do you guys feel like revitalized with these songs? Does it feel like a fresh beginning? So like so many different new components with this i think more than anything as my my manager's phone is going off he wants me to make a song that's the song tone that's the like, that's the first time, second time of to the make next a record. 10 minutes yeah. time to make a record bill do no um <laughs> revitalize uh i don't i don't think that's probably the word i think um realization comes into play you know of what we meant you know, what it was that we were doing from the beginning. Because sometimes you don't know exactly what it means to other people, you know, until you stop doing it. And people catch you, you know, outside of your your old situation and say, hey, that stuff you're doing changed a lot of lives and, and made a lot of people, you know, feel a certain type of way or, or certain artists, you know, that had came out after, especially the dream, after, after Love, Hate came out. Listening to these songs, Crown comes out end of March. Jewel comes out June. You describe them as as basically two separate halves of what will eventually be a full project. Mm -hmm. Why the Crown songs first and the the Jewel songs second? I'm curious. Um, Well, it's a very simple answer. I think think, uh, on one hand, people refuse to um, know me as a songwriter. They they refuse to, to accept that there are things that I've done, you know, with others and with other people who are now my good friends, you know, and impacted their careers on a certain level. And they try to separate them. So, you know, and it, at the end of the day, I, I I can't convert, you know, people like that. I have to do it through music. So if you think I'm one thing in the daytime and then I'm Batman at night, then that's exactly how I'm going to put the album out. <laughs> like I'm like, all right, well, cool. I guess I'm Bruce Wayne in the daytime and then at night I'll be Batman. So... It's kind of what it is. Yeah, and I think even in his earlier works and throughout his work, always he's always hinted the fact that he was coming from the different side of the tracks. You know, yeah. whether it was Fast Car on the first album or, or Walking on the Moon or Right Side of My Brain, he's always alluded to the fact that there was a musical side that was to come. But at the same time, why it was created, it was not the thirst of like, oh, come on, let's come. Yeah, let's go over here. Let's. You know, let's see how far we can take this whole thing. So it's not the fact that the music hasn't been created. It's the fact that this time it's going to be marketed. And I think that's the biggest difference. Well, yeah, obviously, Capitol Records, now uh, your home. I mean, you talked a little bit about it while we were playing the songs, but linking up with Steve, Steve Barnett, linking up with Capital, why was that the right move for you guys? Yeah, I don't think it's more so of Capital than anything. It's just Steve Barnett. I think, okay. I think he's a genius at marketing. Um, he could have been in any building. You know, and it still would have been about Steve at yeah. this particular point. Um, and that's that was the reason why we went there, you know, in the first place. And and he's counting on it and we're counting on him. We're looking at him with a with a dead stare from 100 yards out. Like, yo, man, <laughs> like you wanted these records. You put them out. You make them work, um, which I think he's definitely capable of. And so, you know, it was just looking at his track record, I think he's just really good marketing things that aren't it's not hard for me to market something that's already been displayed. You know, the people who have bought my albums in the past, you know, my culture, like the culture that I'm in, I love them, they love me. Like when I go out, especially when I'm in Atlanta, like it's 
they know exactly what it is. They just, of course, need to make sure that the record is on the end caps and target. But other than yeah. that, we get it, and they'll get it. But on the other side, when you're talking about records like what Tricky's talking about, Right Side of My Brain, um, Walking on the Moon, Fancy, those records where I was trying to lead on that the rabbit hole is probably a little bit deeper than, you know, than may, some may assume. And you can't, you can't, it's really hard to do that when you base it on what's being played on the radio from your album. Yeah. So if you play certain singles from my album on the radio, that's what people start to think. So what needs to be marketed now, which was why we went to Steve, was the other side. The right side of my brain should have probably been a single. Fast Car should have probably been a single, you know, but it, but it wasn't. Because it's, you know, and I think it had a lot to do with us, though. I think it was more so one of those things that we had so much music, we didn't paint a full full picture, period, from the first album. Because yeah. I think there was a Living a Lie record that, that I did with Rihanna on that first album that was also pretty dope. And, of course, my core fans know what it is, but it's like watching Missy on the Super Bowl and everybody thinks that she's new and it's like, wow. Like, <laughs> this is crazy how everything is that. Um, she has so much to do with everything that yeah. people think that she's new. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, that's Missy Elliott. Yeah, that, that knowledge and that translation of it is, it's, at first, I can't believe Fast Car wasn't a single. I forgot that it wasn't a single, but like, I think I just started remembering you that it was. It, a, a, you had it on in the shower, you was just jamming, you was like, this is a single, this is my single. <laughs> I know, basically, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I mean, I, I'm curious as to how you look back on Foreplay, your your last album, and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it, it was. Like, get out of jail free card. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just curious because it feels like this is very much a different project for you. This the crown crown and jewel. You have to know your partners. Yeah. You have to know the people that you're in business with and what you what you want to sell. You know, um, unfortunately, if you're on a Toyota par, um, car lot, you probably shouldn't take Bentleys over there to try to sell them from Toyota. Like somebody's going to try to bribe you and get get try to figure out how they could pay twelve thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars for your car. So when you got a Bentley, you need to be on the Bentley yeah. <laughs> car lot. So that's what you're doing. You're taking the luxury and the love that we put and the time that we put into these records, and you're putting them on the right car lot to be sold from that place. And so when I knew that, I think from the last album, and it was my last album, period, in a contract yeah. um, obligation, it's kind of hard for, for for anybody to really put that much into it. You know, like you, I wouldn't expect Def Jam to put that much into it at that particular point. The same way I wouldn't put that much into it because I don't think, and not from a musical standpoint, my music was what my music was, but from a marketing standpoint, it was like, well, he's going after this anyway. And I knew that they were thinking that. So I had to make the record or I couldn't get out of the country. So I had yeah. to make it, you know. So that's how, that's how you kind of view it. Like a, like you said, like a get out get of jail, jail free, free card. Of course. And just move on to the right car. You know that you're selling cars on the wrong lot. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Uptown, baby. Well, I, I mean, what's interesting about, like, especially the Crown songs, I feel like they, they have that kind of original rawness that I remember from Love, Hate, and mm-hmm. from especially, like, some of the songs on Love versus Money. You you had, like, Love versus Money Part 1 and 2. They were just sprawling in these kind of epic, like, almost stadium songs. Right. And that this, I, I feel like a song like All I Need, which is on Crown, is, is totally in that area. Definitely. Yeah, everybody who's heard this, the, the Crown um, record has said the same thing. I was like, oh, you're now back in, in that mood. And, and I was just thinking, I think along with Trick, like, we never left the mood. It was, it was the, I, I have, I, I can't point to a single thing, but I think 
when you're doing something at the magnitude that we were doing it at, we, we not, not only others, but we became spoiled with what we were doing and not thinking about it like, oh, man, this doesn't happen every day. We should really take care of this and put it out the right way and make sure that we fight to make sure it gets overseas or make sure that I do a show in Paris or in London or whatever it is. We didn't fight for it because and especially when you have a business in songwriting that's making millions of dollars, like, you know, it was like, oh, I got my R&B album. It was just it was my culture thing, almost like a hobby, like, oh, cool. I got this hobby thing I do in the morning from 10 to 5, from 10 to 11 and then I go to work. (laughs) You know, we didn't know it would would turn because we love to do something that it would turn into so much for somebody else. Like it was just something that we love to do. And that's how we did this album. We just said, all right, we're going to do it. No strings attached. No nothing. We're not doing it for a particular person. We're just going to whatever comes out, comes out. Right. Right. I, I mean, obviously, Crown comes out, like I said, late March. Jewel in June. Mm-hmm. Do you see foresee the next six months having a good amount of time to write for others or you know produce or yeah, we ha- how do you pretty see much that? have a stockpile? We're like we're like music terrorists right now. Like we just have <laughs> we're just sitting here like on just they're just there. Okay, like like literally we're taking out everybody. You're taking out everybody. Twenty fifteen is the year. Yes, of, it is of tricking the dream. I'm going to try my hardest, and I I will hope that the rest of the music industry tries its hardest to stop us because in the end it's only going to create great music. My God, this sounds like a like a CBS drama over here. You, you hear it building up? Yeah, yeah. I can hear the, the violin swelling. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Juice Podcast with Jeff and Eric Rosenthal and Jason. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.